Let's uh, pray for Inosa. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for Inosa. Uh, thank you for the calling on his life. And we pray for your gentle and sweet anointing upon him as he preaches. Lord, that he will be invigorated, and so will we. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for that welcome. You might think I haven't been here. I have. Just to say hello from all the people in Tikipanga and Onerahi. That's where I've been having a home at, and they've been very wonderful. Well, this morning is certainly a wonderful time to be back here in Central. And um, I want to say thank you that uh, my wife is able to be here this morning, as well as having to have uh, my daughter coming up from, from Wellington, just for you, not. <laughs> she came in, we had a family gathering up in Auckland yesterday, <laughs> and um, we had a family gathering up in Auckland, so I said, look, I'm having my fi final sermon for the year, and would you come up and just be part of this, so it's lovely to be here this morning. If you want to know a, uh, a, a, a title for my sermon, it's simply called Christmas Inheritance. So if you want to, if you're like one of these people who like to think of a topic, Christmas Inheritance is what I ask you to think about. On January 29, 2003, Athena Russell became the richest teenager on the planet, inheriting a fortune estimated at that time between $800 million to $1 billion dollars. And it all came from her grandfather, of course, some of you will know, the Greek skipping tycoon, uh, skipping, uh, shipping tycoon Aristotle Onassis, through her mother. In 1988, when Athena was three, her mother, Christina Onassis, died at the age of 37 of a heart attack. All of Christina's assets were left in trust to her only child, Athena, who at the time turned 18 in 2003, and was legally able to receive her inheritance. But she had to wait for the money until she was 18. Even then, she received it. Her life has been full of trauma and certainly great unhappiness. But you know, the good news is that our spiritual inheritance is completely different. Ours is freely given the moment we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Isn't that wonderful? I don't have to wait for 30 years to get my inheritance. It's right here with me. And because we are sons and daughters of God, we can claim the inheritance and blessing and riches that are all in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you this morning. Thank you for this lovely place that we can come in and enjoy your presence. As we open your word, I pray, Lord, for your spirit to help us understand what it means so that we may live life to its fullness in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Well, of course, over the last week, few weeks, we have been studying this, the, the Olivet Discourse, simply saying it's the story that Jesus spoke about in Mount Olive. These parables are giving us some spiritual lessons about being ready or prepared for Jesus Christ. So, for instance, in the final scene of the discourse, Jesus so far uh, has first, in the event, has uh, that would he, he firstly talked about the events that would accompany his return. And you can see that in Matthew 24, verses 4 to 35, if you've got your Bible. Secondly, he has been showing us about waiting and watching while being prepared for the second coming. You can read all about that in Matthew 24, 36 to 25. 
And in this third part of the story, Jesus gives promises of reward and warnings of judgment that will accompany his coming as the glorious Son of God. It is very interesting. On the one hand, there's some excitement. On the other, we are having to think. Having to think about this amazing thing called Christmas. This parable this morning is encouragement for you and us right here in hope. It's an assurance of who God is for you here this morning. As people of God or the sheep that's been referred to, we are encouraged to be faithful to the core God has personally provided for you and me in our collective lives. And he's saying, you know what? The Great Commission, go and teach and make disciples of all nations, baptizing him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of time. This is the Christmas story. Let me just unpack that for you. I have two points to consider for the, for the parable this morning. The first point is from verses 34 to 36. It's simply the kingdom of God is our inheritance. Read 34, 36. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of time. I have not made that up. It is right here in our reading this morning. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Our inheritance. The second point that I want to sort of talk about this morning is the king's answer to the sheep and the goats. To the sheep, he said, the king will reply. Truly, I say, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. For me. To the sheep. To the goats, he said, he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of these least, you did not do for me. Whatever you do not do for the least. So those are the two points that I want to pick up this morning. The first one is the kingdom of God is our inheritance. Isn't that wonderful, this time of the year? This is the greatest time for me personally. I love it. Because I go out running and I'm hearing all the Christmas music in my ear and I'm thinking, wow, this is great. Well, Jesus the King says, come. He's saying, come in Osa. That's what he's saying if I want to personalize it. But he's also saying, come church. You who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you. Well, here let me just give you a snippet of the kingdom, of the kingdom this morning. And it comes from uh, Luke 1, 1.18. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will reign over Jacob's descendant forever. His kingdom will never end. It goes on. So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. As it went further, they were there, the time for the baby to be born. 
And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth, placed him in a manger, place there was no guest room available for them. And the shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And angels of the Lord appeared to them and said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, right here in Whangarei, Central Hope, that's the good news. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. If you want to know full facts, well, it's right there. That's the inheritance. That's the Christmas story. That's for you and me. So in this Christmas season of Advent, we are waiting to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But did you know that there was a period of 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament during which God did not speak to the Jewish people? And it ended with the coming of John the Baptist, the Messiah's forerunner. You knew that, didn't you? Of course you did, because you know your history. That's what happened. That was a long time to wait to hear from God. Long time to wait. Yet, two beautiful Jewish women, not men, two beautiful Jewish women, one whose name was Elizabeth and the other whose name was Mary, were faithfully waiting. Faithfully waiting that God chose them to be part of the Christmas story. What an inheritance. That is our inheritance. The kingdom of God prepared since the creation of the world. You know, God in His, in His, in His love sent His Son Jesus that whosoever believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Read it all in John 3, 16 to 17. It's a beautiful piece of understanding of what God is like. The message of Christmas is our inheritance, and we should be looking forward with excitement to its celebration. I dare you. Look forward to this incredible time of celebration with your family and your friends and your neighbors. This story engages us to participate. In other words, be part of with God as his voice, as his agent in the world of humanity. Specifically, right here in Whangarei. We don't need to go to Auckland. So, so that's what this story is all about. It engages us to be part of God's kingdom. As we celebrate Christmas, our attitude to being ready to meet Jesus is as vital as we walk daily the Christian walk. I'm going to say to you, if walk daily the Christian walk. How beautiful it is. So as we ready and prepare our homes to celebrate Christmas, we work through a checklist. And I know you have a checklist of being prepared. Well, here's one of them, Christmas tree. Of course you are prepared. You've checked it. Yeah, I've got a Christmas tree at home. Oh, Christmas lights. Let's check that at home as well. Oh, there's another one, Christmas presents. Oh, my goodness, I'm waiting for one, honey. And then Christmas food. Don't we love to have those things? So make that a checklist. Well, today, we can ready our hearts and apply the same checklist to our lives, 
in anticipation of the return of our Lord Jesus. Whether it's tonight, whether it is tomorrow, or whether it is 400 years' time, doesn't matter. Christmas is already here. So, we set up the Christmas, the, the tree, and decorate it like reading the word daily and delight in the law of the Lord. And on his law, we meditate day and night. Consequently, you will be like a tree planted by a tree of waters that healed its fruit in season. Wouldn't that be a wonderful decoration to start thinking about in our own personal life? Buying presents, looking after each other. We're showing kindness, giving ourselves presents and others, reflecting Christ in our nations. What are you doing? You're displaying the fruit of the Spirit. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, the lights, the checklist for lights, number three checklist, lights. Having fellowship, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's lights. And praying that we become the light of the world as we follow Jesus. We will not walk in the darkness, but we will have the light of life. John 8, 12 speaks of that. And then finally, food. I love food. Who doesn't love food? Well, I'll tell you what, you're in the wrong place. But food is such a fantastic space for fellowshipping. Fellowshipping of others, sharing the message of salvation. We are to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For Jesus is faithful. We are to stir up one another. Of course, we need to stir up one another. Early on this year, I was with you and Noella, and we stirred up each other about looking after what's in our neighborhood. What do we understand about our neighborhood? That's stirring up one another. You know, and to do good works, we are not to neglect to meet each other. Hallelujah, we're meeting right here. I don't care about what's happening out there today. I'm just so thankful that we're here this morning because that's what the Bible tells us to do that we are to meet, whether there's two or three or a thousand. God wants us to meet. That's what Christmas is all about. Here's the question for us today. Are you in right relationship with Christ? Are you in right relationship with Christ? What is your heart like towards the church and the unchurched people in our community? That's, those are the least that we talked about in the scripture this morning. Our relationship with God enables us to care for the needs of the least in this story. I can't do it. I know I can't. I don't have the resources to be paying attention to the least. But God can. This is the central principle of this message this morning. And it's also my second and final point. The king's answer to the sheep and the goats. Whatever you do or not, do for the least. That's my second point. It's a challenging one. Jesus' answer is God's judgment. I need to say that. I'm not judging. But that's the challenge of this message. 
Jesus' answer is God's judgment. To the sheep, here's what to the sheep, who the sheep? We are. He's saying, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me, your reward is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? That's the reward for the sheep. He answers the goat. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you do not for me. Your reward is eternal punishment. Don't think for one minute that God is not coming back and he's going to do what he has to do. And this is the challenge for all of us in Christmas time. On the one hand, we've got a loving God. On the other hand, we've got a God who's so merciful to the world and leave the judgment to him. You know, we are not the judge. We should, however, be judging our own actions as children of God. In other words, look at yourself. <laughs> look at me. Do I ask that question? These are fundamental good questions for living. How am I looking after myself? We often hear, you know, my self-awareness. Oh, my feelings are hurt, all that stuff. Of course that's important. But God is also saying, you know what, Felicity? How are you getting on with me? You know, how are you getting on with me? Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing in the church here? These are all the questions, good evaluative questions that we should be asking. That's what we should be asking yourself instead of judging others. Christmas is all about our inheritance, but it comes with it, a real spirit of, yep, God will come. How wonderful. Jesus' answer is God's judgment. Do the sheep, whatever you do. And I said, and he answers the goat. Oh my goodness, the goat. Yes, well, guess what? Sorry, mate, I'm not going to have you here. But that's God. That's his judgment. I'm not going there. I'm allowing God to be God. Sharing this passage with my wife, she said in her early teens, this passage used to frighten her. Yeah. Her father raised sheep, and she remembers him sorting the different sheep through the draft gate. Some ready to be sent off to the slaughterhouse or the freezing works, others to live another year. She said she worried that she would not make the draft in heaven. Thinking, am I good enough? Are you good enough? Are you thinking like that? Well, but God revealed to her that he is a loving and patient God, full of mercy and forgiveness, and not to be fearful of judgment. Our attitude our attitude and approach to the needy is what the Lord is looking for. Attitude. Jesus asks us to be his witness in our neighborhoods, looking out for the sick, the needy, and the homeless. Our response, I think, is to be available for God so all will receive his free gift of salvation through the death and resurrection of his son Jesus. You know, as people of God, being transformed and renewed by the Spirit, our Christian benevolence or Christian goodness is to be carried out at every opportunity towards all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Here, Paul alludes to good work that comes from a radical transformation of our heart through our salvation in Jesus. 
The outpouring of our action is the confirmation of Jesus working in our lives and in a new lifestyle. You know, often I ask the question, why do I stop on the road to help somebody if that's the case? Well, the humanist would say, well, actually, that's our duty. But I suggest to you that actually the Spirit of God that has revealed, that has turned me upside down and saying, that's what you should be doing every day anyway. The transformation of your heart from who you are. So as people of God, being transformed and renewed by the Spirit is to be carried out in every opportunity. This is a challenge for us this Christmas. The beauty of the message of Christmas is that Jesus came so earth that we can have the assurance of our inheritance, the kingdom of God. That's what this Christmas is. The problem is, here's the problem, we all fail in our daily walk. We all fail. We carry baggage that needs to be forgiven, but God says, come to me, all who are laden, and I will give you rest. Are there frictions and unconfessed sins in your life that are causing you to doubt for your readiness or causing you to doubt receiving your full inheritance in the Lord or getting in the way of your relationship with God? Today, don't leave without getting your lives in order to restore your confidence in the Lord. Today, to restore your confidence in the inheritance already paid for by Jesus Christ. Fill your lambs with the oil of the Holy Spirit and let him cleanse and forgive you. You know John Wesley? John Wesley was asked what he would do if he knew his Lord would return at that time the next day. He said, in effect, I would go to bed and go to sleep, wake up in the morning and go on with my work for I would not want him to find me doing what he had appointed. Well, John Wesley was ready because he carried on his normal life with a great attitude, one of obedience and reliance on Christ. So, my encouragement for you today is get on with your daily lives. Get on with it. Doing God's work in your everyday situation bringing the joy of Christ to those who are suffering around you. Boy, there's a lot of people suffering around us. Bringing that joy and that suffering around us, whether it be through heartache, distant family, job loss, sickness or pain, you are the hands and feet of Christ. The Word of God is unique and encompassing. No matter what you think is not possible to the human thinking, it's possible to God. He promised us our inheritance, and by faith we must claim it because He has promised, and He will never fail you. Whatever you labor for, you will endure, enjoy it. So stand on His word, and He will smile on you. Whatever our hands find to do according to His word, God will bless it. Trust Him, He will never change. Situations and circumstances may come and go, may vary, but victory by God is complete and sure. Your inheritance, people here in Hope Whangarei, are your promised blessing by God. Our Redeemer is coming. We have a hope. Amen. I would like to ask Latifale as part of